Starseeds, and welcome to A Cosmic Journey. The podcast about science and spirituality, where we discuss everything in the universe from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wilde. And I'm Jay Maceo. Now, this week we've got cosmic news stories like how a Kentucky man went viral for an unusual method of plowing snow. Yes, he did. Or how some pilots at LAX got a shock when they saw something strange fly over the tarmac. Ooh. And for our Patreon subscribers only, we have Demi's Astrology Corner for the new year and... Jay tells us how to manifest the best year yet with his cosmic insights, so be sure to subscribe. Do that. Now, plus we have, uh, we take a deep splash... (laughs) We take a deep dive into the black hole to visit Demi's uh, shaman friend, Haset Pinnell. Yes, we do. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How was, we spent New Year's together, didn't we? We did. So this is how New Year's went for me. I planned, uh, I'm one of those who feels like, look, I don't need a special occasion to do anything. On New Year's, on Mm -hmm. a regular Tuesday, I'll like party until the sun comes up. Right. (laughs) And on New Year's, I'm like, I'm going to go to sleep at 8 p.m. Exactly. So I had planned to do that, but uh, Demi showed up at my house. I was so scared because he knocked on the door. You just, you know. I was like trying to get in the door, like, boom, 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 boom. I thought you were the police. I hadn't done anything wrong, but I was still afraid. (laughs) I was finding things to hide. Yeah, exactly. What did we do? We watched what? Terminator 2? We watched Terminator. No, Terminator, the original one. That had been a long time coming because we've been talking about Terminator from like, Episode one. Yes, yeah, Skynet. And I finally understand what Skynet is. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, but other than that, this is like our first episode in, what, three weeks? It is. And it's the first one of the New Year. So again, happy 2021. Happy 2021, everybody. I was I was hoping that I wouldn't look at the, the uh, my phone calendar, and I was hoping it wouldn't go December 32nd, 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be everyone's nightmare. Exactly. Um, how was Christmas for you? Christmas was quiet. You know what? For Christmas, Mm -hmm. I spent it writing and just doing laundry and being like a hermit, which I do sometimes. Sometimes I need a reset and to just like do that. But uh, after Christmas, uh, you just loaded me up with a bunch of stuff. So thank you. Thank you. I got a bunch Um, of gifts. How was your Christmas? I spoiled you a little bit. You Um, spoiled me. Mom spoiled you. Right. Um, I, my Christmas is great. I spent it with my mom. We ended up, uh, so she's actually moving out of the place that she's living in now. Yeah. And she ended up kind of like, um, needing help packing up and all that stuff. So we basically spent three days just like packing up things and getting it out. Your mom is awesome, by the way. (laughs) Isn't she? (laughs) Demi's mom is the best if you guys don't know. Um, I actually, this is a secret, but we might have her on the show at some point Ooh, yeah she might be a don't guest. tell anybody don't tell nobody <laughs> but um other than that I, I so i got a phone call from my grandma okay before uh day before christmas and christmas eve what was really funny with her is my dad warned me a little bit that she's losing her memory a little bit okay and she, she used to have christmas eve at her house mm-hmm. every year and it was a big to do they were you know quite quite wealthy and, and the big party big catering like everything they, everybody in our family came I want to come <laughs> but they haven't done it in like five years mm-hmm. and what was really weird is that she calls me out of the blue guilt trips me of course for like mm-hmm. not calling her but I'm like you don't call me so it's like <laughs> why anywho so family guilt, guilt trips aside she said you know we're have we have Christmas Eve at our house every year I'm like you haven't had it in like five years at your Uh-oh. house grandma no. <laughs> I was warned that grandma's losing her memory a little bit, but mm. I was nice to hear from her, guilt trip aside. But um, other than that, uh, I've been 
cleaning out my my whole life right now. Yes, yes, you're uh, resetting. What's the lady's name? Marie. I'm Marie Condoing my life. Yes, yes, yeah. Every I've been donating a bunch of stuff to Goodwill, um, getting rid of like stuff that I don't need anymore, and and, and stuff that doesn't bring me joy, doesn't spark joy. Nice. Um, other than that, uh, you went to. A store the other day, didn't you? I did. So for the first time, I went went to the metaphysical store for the very first time. It's a place called A Crooked Path. It's all the way in Burbank, but it is worth it, Burbank, California, for those across the country Mm -hmm. and uh, or the world. Uh, But it was awesome. It was very, very awesome. I got some candles. I got some uh, books. I got some oils and a bunch of of good stuff for 2021. Did you catch cast any spells yet? I actually did. Yes. I did for wealth and abundance. Do you have it here? No, it's in there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's all around the place. (laughs) You moved it. I moved it, yeah. Uh, But I saw the little baggie that you had. It was like a, what was it called? Uh, A manifestation bag of... I might have it. I I have it right here. (laughs) There it is. I have it on me at all times. There you go. Because I want to manifest, and I hope you're manifesting some great stuff as well. Absolutely. Um, so I did, did want to give a little update, a quick little update to our Patreon. So if anybody's a subscriber on our Patreon, we have now kind of reformatted the show a little bit. So yeah. it might be a little bit shorter for some who listen on, on their podcast. Uh, however, so we've actually taken out my astrology corner Aww. and Jay's Cosmic Insights. Aww. But if you are a subscriber on our Patreon, you get those as for our, if you're a subscriber. Now... The thing is, is that you can actually subscribe for as little as a dollar. It's it's pick your own pricing. So, I mean, yeah. whatever you want to pay, if you want. If you love Jay's uh, Cosmic Insights, like I do. And if you love uh, Demi's uh, Corner. Astrology, Astrology Corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be super cool. And if anybody is willing to do that, that would be super awesome as well. Yes. Um, we would heart you. Yeah. So, we have listeners this week for our last episode. Yeah. Thank you for our listeners in uh, Centennial, Colorado. Council Bluffs, Iowa. Here in Los Angeles, California. Dallas, Texas. San Jose, California. Santa Ana, California. And all the way in Idaho. Pocatello, Idaho? Pocatello, Idaho. Who is in Pocatello, Idaho? One of our listeners. We appreciate them. (laughs) Clichy, Ile-de-France. Wow. Uh, uh, Other places, uh, Menifee, California. Taylor, Michigan. Uh, The Capital Region. Uh, Carapabas, Rio de Janeiro. South Salt Lake City, Utah. Flagami, Florida. And West Lake Stevens, Washington. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Yay! Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show, share this episode with your friends, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave us a comment, we will read it on our next show. Live. Live. Um, shall we get into some news? Yes, let's get into some news. So a uh, bunch of things happened. Uh, 2020 was a weird year. We know this, right? Yes, it was. And Christmas was no ex- exception. So there is a, a story out of uh, Kentucky. And there was a man there mm-hmm. uh, who had uh, ice and snow in his driveway, mm-hmm. as people often do. Uh, guess how he did this, how he cleared out the snow. Did he use a bunch of salt? No. He did not. <laughs> did he use a bulldozer? He did not. This man, his name was Timothy Browning, went viral on Christmas Day for posting a video of him uh, clearing the snow from his driveway. He was dressed as a character, Uncle Eddie, from a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, if you, you all remember that. Right. I'm showing my age with talking about that. But he was wearing nothing but a bathrobe, socks, slippers, and a hat. 
and the outfit alone was funny. <laughs> but uh, he was actually brandishing a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> he was using a flamethrower. His relative was uh, uh, showing him on video. He had this flamethrower, drinking a beer, just clearing out snow. Like I, this guy. Let me tell you something. This guy is my hero. Right. Number one, to be drinking a beer in the morning in slippers outside, like what? But also to have a flamethrower? How many dudes do you know that have a flamethrower? I know zero. Right? Exactly zero. Except this guy. We, we need to get to know him. We, we need to have him on the show. Exactly. What was really funny is uh, the video circulated on the internet and even made the rounds on daytime talk shows like Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it officially pretty much won the internet. Yeah, yeah. So this guy is like, he's famous now. Yeah. I think we're actually going to post the video on our uh, Instagram page. So yes. you guys can see it too. Yeah, you want to see a flamethrower? Totally. Um, so this was a really interesting story that I found. Uh, so I love art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. I love art. I'll find art all over the place. I love street art. I love museums. However, there is a beautiful piece of art that was found in the Amazon rainforest. Um, there is an eight-mile-long canvas filled with Ice Age drawings of mastodons, giant sloths, and other extinct bink- beasts that have been discovered in the Amazon rainforest. Nice. The gorgeous art drawn with Osher, a red pigment, spans nearly eight miles, or 13 kilometers, of rock in the Colombian Amazon. Uh, indigenous people likely started painting these images towards the end of the last Ice Age, about 12,600 to 11,800 years ago. However long you do the math, I don't, I, I'm bad at math. <laughs> um, but many of South America's large animals went extinct at the end of the last ice age, likely through the combination of human hunting and climate change. So these paintings actually helped archaeologists see what some of these animals looked like. Well, so they only have like estimations of like how these animals w- look like, or like you know maybe from fossils and stuff. But yeah. now they actually can see from the people that actually lived there what those animals looked like. Oh, so it wasn't just stick figures, just people who can actually... Like... <laughs> it was giant Renaissance paintings of mastodons. <laughs> Perfect water coloring. And Perfect just water coloring. We, we love that. But that's actually pretty cool. Like, you know, they actually got to see the animals from, like, the point of view of the people that lived with them. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, there's some other stuff that's going on. You know how much I love talking about the brain and brainwaves. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd never miss an opportunity to talk about brainwaves. This time, we're talking about the brain, not so much the waves. Uh, so scientists in Japan's Brain Center, uh, for a Brain Center project, they're using, a machine, uh, they're using machine intelligence to improve the accuracy of brain mapping. Now, this development gives scientists a better technique on how to untangle the the natural uh, wiring in the brain mm-hmm. you know because there's i don't know how many miles of just wiring and con- synaptic, uh, synaptic con- connections. connections in the brain so to figure out how this works they're trying to unwire unravel so they can figure out how these uh, uh connections travel now it's also given them a better understanding of the changes of the wiring and how it accompanies neurological and mental disorders such as parkinson's alzheimer's uh, they also use a combination of MRI, that's magnetic resonance imaging, and computer-generated algorithms to map out uh, brain connectivity in animals. Have you ever had an MRI, by the way? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have not. 
Yeah. I'm scared of those machines. Wait, is that the wait, actually, is that the one with your just your brain or is that the one where they put you in the machine? They put your they, they have the MRI for your whole body. They can, yeah. but they use it specifically for like brain as well when they're okay. mapping the brain. But I, I believe wait, no, wait, I did have one for my stomach. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did have one for my stomach actually. That was pretty weird. Yeah, I had one this summer and they injected me with some sort of fluid that yep. felt kind of warm and weird. I don't know whether I liked it or if I didn't like it. Yeah, it was kinda of weird. It was strange. Uh, but to identify these connections, uh, researchers uh, track nerve fibers uh, throughout the throughout the body. Uh, so uh, what happened is they started doing these in uh, in animals, mm-hmm. but the procedure they were using was just you know can't be used in humans. It was really invasive. Mm-hmm. They start they had to slice parts of the brain. Ooh. I don't like I like brain waves. I don't like brain slicing. Nothing. So <laughs> yeah. So this was a little bit a uh, uh, little bit crazy. But uh, the advances in this uh, resonance, this uh, MRI, uh, made it possible to estimate the connections non-invasively. This technique uh, called delusion, or diffusion rather, uh, it has fiber tracking. So it uses powerful magnetic fields to track signals from water molecules as they move throughout the nerve fibers. Whoa. Yeah, and a computer algorithm then uh, uses these water signals to estimate the path of the nerve fibers throughout the whole brain. So this technique, uh, the technology is still in its infancy, uh, so it's definitely not foolproof, but it offers a, a glimpse into the future of mind mapping and brainwaves. And brainwaves. That's so interesting. Like, I like how it actually can, like, help map what happens and, like, you know, map brain degenerative diseases like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. Like, yeah. my, my mom has been living with a woman that has dementia for, like, yeah, yeah. two years now. Jeez. I think she's been happening maybe the last, like, four years or something like that. But, you know, just being in the room with her, like, it was kind of funny. This one time, I my mom went to, like, the store or something, and I just, like, kind of hung out in the room for a little while. And this lady came in. I've never been around anybody with, with dementia before. Mm-hmm. But this lady comes in, and she goes, did you see the little boy run in here? And I was like, no, no little boy running in here. Oh, wow. And my mom was probably gone for like 30 minutes, but she's like, oh, okay. And she like walked away. Maybe like 10 minutes later, she comes back in. Did you see a little boy running back in here? Wow. It was like, that happened probably like three total times. Wow. But I was like, I've never been around someone like that. And, and you know, bless her. But it, I was like. This is very interesting, like how the brain kind of like you know, yeah, sees things that aren't there, or like remembers things and and thinks that they're happening now, and, and yeah, how those wiring gets crossed and stuff. So this will be actually really useful for for mapping that out. Yes. Um. All right. So we all know I love stars. Yes, you love stars. I love stars more than I love brainwaves. I think. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Um, but I found this really cool story about a potential dying star. We've all heard, we've all seen the movie Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. That's not this, though. There is a star oh. named Beetlejuice, though. Oh, okay. Um, and that star is actually one of the biggest stars in the galaxy. Um, since January of 2020, the star, which marks the armpit of Orion, has mysteriously dimmed, the <laughs> armpit, <laughs> has dimmed to less than half its normal brightness. So before this, Betelgeuse was also also known as Alpha Orionis, uh, has ranked seventh of all brightest stars visible to us here on Earth. Since it is dimmed, it has fallen to 21st, which raised the question of Betelgeuse's mortality. So mm. what ends up happening with, with stars, I, I've 
watched lots of YouTube videos on this. Mm -hmm. um, they go through phases of their other lives. So like at their brightest, which is kind of like where ours is right now, it's, it's kind of like it's middle and it's, it's just kind of burning through all of these, these chemicals that naturally occur within it. Mm -hmm. Now, when all those chemicals burn out, Mm -hmm. They go through uh, a phase called the red giant phase where it's kind of like dims, but it, it's still really, really bright. Mm -hmm. um, and then it goes to like, and then it, it's basically it burning through hydrogen. And then once the hydrogen burns, it turns into solid iron. Whoa. Um, and then once that happens, it basically collapses in on itself and turns into a black hole. <laughs> um, but yeah. But yeah, so I don't know what that was a really weird. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Noise. But I, I'm with it though. I, I fuck with that type of energy. <laughs> so the star is a red supergiant currently, which is at least ten times and maybe twenty times as massive as our sun. So it was actually, if it was placed at the position of our sun, it would reach all the way out to Jupiter. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's a giant star. Uh, 20 times as massive as our sun and possibly in the last violent stages of its evolution. Once the core of the star depletes the burning hydrogen, sometime within the next 100,000 years, it will become solid iron. Then the star will collapse and then rebound into a supernova explosion, probably leaving behind a black hole. Now, that will be quite the show, mm -hmm. but as a, as a supernova will be as bright as uh, the full moon in our night sky. Whoa. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, I just have to interrupt for a second. Did you see the moon, uh, I believe it was on the 30th? Yes. There was a, such a huge kind of emanating glow. I thought mm -hmm. it was the aura of the moon. Mm -hmm. So, wow. So, this star good. I'm like... actually talking about that in my astrology corner <laughs> oh, <laughs> on Patreon. See? So, if you want to listen about that, you can subscribe on Patreon as well. You can do that. Um, what is this all about? So, uh, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm going to tell you, I really don't know how it's to feel. Pretty so, weird. we know that... Uh, 2020, the hugest thing that came out in 2020 was uh, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, it just changed the way everything happened. I think the whole world went to Zoom, and it was kind of weird. I mean, we had to find ways to protect ourselves. Now you know that the uh, vaccines are coming out. They have mm -hmm. Pfizer and uh, Moderna and uh, all these you know, f vaccines that are coming out. Yeah. So this is what's happening right now. Uh, the folks who, uh, who are doing the passports uh, have an idea now that the coronavirus vaccines are starting to roll out, the U.S. and, and the U.S. and abroad, things uh, are steadily returning to normal. However, in order to travel, shop, and go to the movies again, you may need a vaccine passport. Now, several companies and technology groups have been, begun developing smartphone apps and systems for individuals, uploading details of their COVID-19 test and vaccinations, which would allow them to enter venues, theaters, even other countries. Hmm. Now, the Common Pass apps created by the Common Trust Network allows users to upload medical data, such as uh, COVID-19 test results, proof of vaccination, uh, general QR code that can be uh, shown to the authorities. In addition, while traveling, the app lists health pass requirements at the points of departure and arrival, de uh, depending on your itinerary. Now, the tech company anticipates the rollout and adaption of vaccine passports will happen uh, quicker rather than later. And uh, they said it'll be widely available within the first half of 2021. Right. How do you feel about this? It's it's strange. So if I am understanding this correctly, so mm -hmm. there's going to be an app on your phone. Mm -hmm. 
and this kind of already exists because I, I don't know. I go to AHF to get tested and stuff, and they'll give you your test results mm -hmm. like on their website. So they'll email you and whatever to like tell you, hey, you got gonorrhea or whatever. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> come, come in and get your penicillin shot. But um, so it'll be basically like that. There's going to be an app that tells you exactly um like what it is like what you're vaccinated for mm -hmm. and the rules and regulations to where you're traveling right so it'll kind of tell you beforehand what you need to have on you but then you'll also be able to scan it like a qr code at the point of entry for the for the security people so that they'll know exactly what it is that you're vaccinated for yeah, I mean, I on one hand, I do see that, you know, it can, you know, stop the spread. It can control the spread. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something, and I might be, uh, anyhow, I no, no qualifiers. I think there's something kind of scary about having medical records on a phone and or on an app and having to show those uh, at different places. Right. I think it cuts into a lot of, you know, uh, a scary, scary world. <laughs> this this does kind of say that that stuff will be encrypted and it will be completely safe. But like, who knows? Like, yeah. you know, at at the time of of where we are going into like a a time where anybody can can hack things now. So yeah, it's kind of like you know. Who's to say that somebody can't bust into that encry encryption at some point, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, the Titanic, people say, oh, this will, it'll never happen. But the Titanic was supposed to be unsinkable. Right. That was supposed <laughs> to be his legacy, you exactly. know? Exactly. <laughs> um, I just think it's going to be very strange. Uh, I, I mean, th we've also touched on this before, too, but mm -hmm. the Mark of the Beast. Oh. It might not actually be the implants like we thought. It might just be our phones. Maybe. You, help, you have them in your hand and you hold them to your head. So. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's all hearsay, obviously. And I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, so. <laughs> right. Everyone's a conspiracy theorist until some shit happens. Until know. it's true, and then you're a prophet. <laughs> um, so this, in our final news story today, uh, I, this was pretty wild. Um, a man in a jetpack has been spotted flying over LAX airport. A jetpack? A jetpack. I want a freaking jetpack. I think I want one more than a flamethrower. Um, how about a jetpack and a flamethrower? Oh, <laughs> a jetpack with the flamethrower, like the Mandalorian. Oh, man. That would be so good. Um, so the first sighting occurred on August 30th when an American Airlines pilot radioed in Tower America 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. Um, <laughs> minutes later came another report, this time from a pilot approaching LAX in a jet blue airliner. Mm -hmm. And they said the same thing. They saw that they saw the man in the jetpack, and they're like, "What the fuck? Who? Man, jetpack? What's going on here?" And then, uh, and then again in October, a China Airlines pilot approaching LAX reported seeing a jetpack flying at an altitude of six thousand feet. That's more than a mile up. Whoa! Exactly. Um, I think an, I, there was one more on in December that saw. So, like, I think four times that somebody they've seen this guy in a jetpack just flying over everything. Wait, a mile up, like six. Oh my God! Think about if your jetpack ran out of gas at six thousand miles up. You just fall a mile straight down to earth. Yeah, that is a long time to fall and think. Exactly. <laughs> the thing about your life and what you have done with your decisions. So there are a few jetpacks in the world, but experts have said that these sightings are dubious, as the altitude reported by the pilots would be very difficult to maintain with the fuel capacity of a jetpack. Oh, as you see, said. yeah, yeah. So yeah, this man. I mean, was if, it a man? If he's from this time, right? right. <laughs> if he has a future jetpack that doesn't run on gas, but um, uh, yeah, like if he's just up there and, and zooming around and doing his thing, like what? 
what happens when he runs out of gas? Like, he's just going to die. Yeah. I, oh, my God. That would be so scary because I, mean, I think about, I jog. You know I jog. Yeah. And I, I, I'll jog like six miles, but that first mile is always like one of the toughest. So yeah. I'm thinking just like the time that it takes to jog a mile. Oh my god, I'd hate to I'd hate to fall. I just that's all I can think about. Yeah. As you think about every bad thing you did in your life. I'm afraid of heights in general, so like yeah. I, I don't like I, I like to be enclosed if I'm ever like at a very high height. And if you're that high, if a plane is coming, <laughs> like, how do you get in the way? Because you think, oh, I would just, did you know what it is? Like, you ever see people on TV and it's like they're like a deer in the headlights when the car comes and they're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. you know? And everybody says the same thing, don't they? Oh, why don't he, they don't just jump out of the way? Because do you understand how fast a car is coming? Exactly. Like, a car was like, yeah. So the same thing with a plane. Like, you can't just like, oh, let me maneuver out of the way. Once you see the plane, it's too late. It's so, too late. This guy is gambling with his life. Oh, man. Yeah. Anywho, uh, for links to all of these uh, articles used in today's episode, you can find it in our show notes. You can. Um, the rest of this episode is going to be uh, out on Monday. So thank you for joining us live thank today. Thank you. Danke. Um, and we will tune in on Monday for the rest of the episode. Yeah, thank yeah. Thank you again. See you, Starseed. We'll see you, Starseed. We'll be back after this break. We'll be back. This is Aunt Sylvia calling you again. I just wanted to say, you're having that your, your shaman friend on, you know? He, he's a healer, isn't he? He, he, he can heal you. I, I got this bunion on my foot, and I just really want... I, I really need someone to take care of it. I'm afraid to go to the doctor, because you know they want to cut you open. and want to do all that stuff to you. And I, I don't want to do that. I just want to have someone look at it and have it go away. So, anywho, I hope you have a good show. Uncle Snappy says his love. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye. Well, welcome back, Starseeds. Uh, we are here with my dear friend, music wizard, spiritual guru, and coven brother, Hissette Pennell. Hello, hello, hello. The show. Uh, glad to have you. Um, welcome. Uh, yeah, welcome. You guys are just met, too, so... Yes, I'm Jay. Yes. Nice, nice to meet you. Jay. Nice to meet you. Um, so... We're, uh, first of all, I wanted to say congratulations. You just got married. Yes, I did. I know I got a husband now. <laughs> wow, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you and I know, Kyle just got I know. married on Sunday. You guys had a, a, a virtual wedding, which is like a very interesting thing that I had not really thought about doing. But I mean, it really worked out for you guys. We we wanted to, well, obviously we didn't want to do it this way. We would love to have everybody there with us, but right. with everything that's going on, we figured this would be the safest way to do it. Mm -hmm. And at first we wanted to have a bunch of different cameras. So it was almost like you were like virtually here in the space, right. but yeah, it actually ended up being just fine. I loved it. And I feel like if anything, everybody got to have like a front row seat to everything, you know? Totally. I, I definitely cried a little bit. <laughs> I know. I was a mess. <laughs> yeah. It was really cute, though. You guys' dance in the middle was, or like at the end was like super cute, too. The, oh, yeah. The scroll dance. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Where did I grow up? I grew yeah. up in 
Bowie, Maryland. I, well, actually, okay. I grew up in Queens, New York, and then my mm-hmm. parents moved to Bowie, Maryland. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where I, I spent most of my time in Maryland, which actually is funny. Um, I found out, you know, in my adult life is pretty much witch town. That's like which oh, Mecca man. is Maryland. I was wow. like, oh, that makes sense. See, like mostly like East Coast has a lot of those like little like outskirt towns that have a lot of like, like occult practice places. Yeah. They're kind of a little bit of a hotbed, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That whole side, that whole uh, coast. Isn't it kind of like a, um, so where is Boo? Is it like near Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody always, everybody always says that and it kind of is, but it's like 30 minutes outside of Baltimore. Think of a really cool, like suburban town, just super covered in trees and, and fur. And that's, that's pretty much buoy. <laughs> uh, I do like that area quite a bit. I didn't get a chance to go into Maryland when I was there, but I was in DC for a little while last year. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you try the seafood? No, uh, I was told to do clam chowder, but all the restaurants were pretty much closed. But... Oh no, you don't. Oh no, 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 no. You do not go to Maryland for clam chowder. That's what you go to San Francisco for. You go to Maryland for crab. Crab. Okay. Mm, yeah. Crab. No, I didn't actually like eat like hardly anything there. I had to like eat everything in my hotel room. <laughs> oh Lord, no! I know. Okay, so I'm gonna have to show you around my hometown next time you go. Yeah, I got absolutely. you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you have any siblings, or were you an only child? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, we're a whole clan. So there's there's between my mom and my dad, they have five kids. And then there's two siblings from my dad's second marriage. So there's seven of us total. Oh, and I'm shit. the oldest. Yeah. Oh my wow. God. You got a, yeah, you got a whole clan, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you, you got fall? a basketball team with subs? Right. Where do you fall like in that in that oldest. plethora of children? You're the oldest? Yep. Oh, okay. And you're we're the same age. You're 32. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm the I'm the older brother. I'm the mother hen. <laughs> awesome that's awesome what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid uh well i wanted to be a musician and right. i did follow that mm-hmm. uh relatively late into my life around like 20 i think 28 was the year sorry i was drinking coffee i'm gonna grab that real quick <laughs> but, <laughs> when i was 20 when i was 20 yeah around 28 early thirties, I realized that the industry just wasn't really popping. Um, Just because of a couple of experiences I've had in the industry, I didn't feel like I'd I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to do a lot of things I didn't want to do to be what I wanted to be. And I wasn't willing to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend of mine uh, recently. Well, I went on a, on a date with this person, but um, he he he's a musician too, and and he was talking about like how he just found it really difficult to like you know he wants to do his own thing and he wants to do like kind of jazz music and he doesn't he's not allowed to do that he's only allowed to do like pop music and it's just kind of like like well why don't you just do that you know and they just don't allow that. Wow, they don't. Yeah. It's so very under difficult. A contract, essentially, they they basically own you. It's really kind of sad. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> You're like shaking your head, like, yup. There's so much. Like, this isn't that interview, so I don't want to get into it. But there's so much about that world that needs to be talked about, and it's. I call I call LA a straight. Like, this is where dreams come to die. 
Mm. Everybody who ever has anything unique or different or a different perspective or a different sound, unfortunately, all of those beings come here and this is where they all get stomped out. And only the people who have the loudest voice or the most resources will be heard. Oh, unfortunately yeah. and anyone else who let's say that you're a rags to riches story and you don't like me and you don't have resources but you have immense creativity and you have a lot of ideas you not only will you not get a chance but all of the things that you want to do you'll be told that it's dumb it's stupid that you shouldn't do it meanwhile the people who have the resources and the money and the lighter skin will be told that mm. it's okay you know, that you should try funny things, that you should dye your hair that way, that you should sing this genre. I mean, no shade, but look at every white female pop artist ever. They start out doing pop music and then they do their country shit and then they have their little hip hop moment. And then they come back to that and be like, oh, now I'm all in a holistic music and it's okay. But they just completely took a small piece of our history our being and right. said oh i'm gonna i'm gonna make this a cute little moment for me where i'm gonna be a black girl and then, <laughs> yeah. and and then i'm because i had a daughter i'm gonna pixar myself no it's not okay yeah wait you had a daughter that's what i thought too i was like wait what i was okay this is news to me I was using that as an example, hypothetical. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. But no, I, I get what you mean. Like, it's it's a totally different kind of, like, field. And the people with, like, the least amount of creativity seem to call all the shots. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. So what... So I already know this answer, but what is your zodiac sign? I'm a Scorpio. Yes, you are. Oh. Um, what is your... Uh, you, you know your moon and rising, right? I don't think I know those two. Um, actually, I do not know the time of date when I was born. Oh, okay. So I do not know. It is a mystery and it drives my husband crazy. But you, <laughs> you, should, you should know your moon, though, because the moon doesn't really change. Well, I, I, well, if anything, I think that my, because uh, what, don't you need your, your date of birth to figure out your, your moon sign or is it your rising your, sign? Your rising. Okay, that's the one I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other one is Leo. For oh, me, Leo Moon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fire. Oosh. Okay. Fire and water. Gotcha. Fire. <laughs> nice. What's your religious background, and when did you decide to take a different uh, spiritual path? My religious background is Christian. Oh. I grew up Baptist Christian. In so church. did I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. I mean, you're black. That's what you're fed. <laughs> hey, I was a preacher for 15 years. Hey, yeah, and see, and see, I've been listening to some of the podcasts. I'm catching up, but don't worry, I'm getting to all the good stuff. I'll get there. But um, no, yeah, I mean, so when I left, when I left for college, I started having a lot of really weird dreams. I started having. There was one reoccurring dream I would have where I would see a group of people. Um, consistently being executed in different ways. And then there was a different group of dreams where I was being hunted by these wolves. And when I moved out, they started recurring and becoming more and more and more and more common. And so I looked into some protection magic, you know, some rituals that you could do before you go to sleep at night. Um, 
to protect yourself. And that was my intro into magic. Now I have a really interesting story because there is a time in my life where I actively shut off magic because of what was happening to me. My grandmother gave me this bear. I had this teddy bear. And one night, I swear to God, and I wasn't really super practicing. I was just doing my dream stuff or whatever here and there, still Christian. Um, But then one night I woke up and I was like either lucid dreaming or still a little bit awake. And I swear this bear like moved, looked at me, winked and smiled all in one go. (laughs) I lost my shit. I lost my shit and I threw out the bear and I even made a declaration to the spirit realm saying, I don't, I don't want to be open to this. So close, I want to close myself off. So the funny thing is that when the Saqqara tomb in 2019 or 18, I think it was 2018, when that tomb was opened, I started having dreams about Egypt and like this is like because I had just found this documentary the other day and that's when I put the two pieces together because it was the same Mm -hmm. um it was around the same like like right around this time when it started happening in 2018 I started having these dreams where I would see a lot of fight positions on scrolls and then I would get up in the morning and do them and if it was like something with a staff I would pick up a broomstick and all of a sudden I knew (laughs) how to do staff work. So that's kind of how that all happened. And then from there, one thing led to another, led to another. I went through a name change after a spiritual journey I went through. And from then on, it just took its own life, (laughs) to be honest. We'll we'll get into some of that stuff later on too, but um, yeah, that that definitely happens to a lot of people when they actually when they start downloading things and they start kind of channeling and and getting those all of a sudden I can speak French or thing you know it, you know when you end up having like a spiritual awakening things you're open to more things and you yeah I started learning French when I you know just like last year and stuff I, I actually kind of fell off doing that a little bit but <laughs> I need to get back on it. But I, I was reawakened to like to this this language and stuff, and then I I want to get back into it. But you know, I, I wanted to go into this specifically. Uh, so ritual magic. You are mm. I, I refer to you as my shaman friend on the show, and, yeah. and so I've talked to you. I talked about you several times. But we uh, <laughs> we've we've done we've done rituals together too, and I wanted to elaborate like what like what do you have a favorite spell to cast or like what is your preferred method to like practice oh uh what is my favorite what is my favorite spell to cast my favorite spell to cast is you've never been asked this question have you (laughs) i know i know i know i know hold on let me look okay so i need to open my book hold on do it (sighs) okay so he's actually got it so i know this isn't a a, a visual format but you do actually have a grimoire that you that you have there that's probably what you're looking at right now exactly a hundred percent um okay so it's i wouldn't say that it's my favorite ritual but this is something I perform every day and it's my daily rites. Mm-hmm. Every day I, I have several different altars in the home mm-hmm. that represent seven different or several different Egyptian gods. And 
every day I have three different stages. When I wake up, I go and I, and I meditate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the day, I go and I have a smoke with them and talk to them and I invoke them. I read to them. I sing to them sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I take the candle from the altar and I bring it out to the main temple area where we do all of our casting and spell casting and crafting. And we'll dance out there. We'll eat a spirit pepper. We'll have like a drink or something. We'll celebrate with them. Um, And then from then, if I'm doing any castings or rituals at night, I'll go into it from there. But it's a really cool practice that with the absence of my Christianity has really served to create a grounding spiritual, like I have hands on practice with my gods. I talk to them like they're my best friend every day, you know? Yeah. And it makes me feel so, um, for the lack of a better phrase, divine. I feel like a monk. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, yeah, you are essentially a monk. You're kind of like a, like, I would like, I, I refer you as a shaman, but like, I I don't know if you have a a specific name or anything for it, but you are basically a monk. I love to be considered like a hedge witch, to be honest, technically by definition, that's what I'd be called because I don't adhere to very strict ritualistic or hermetic practices or anything. And I kind of take what I've learned and to forge my own by Mm. definition, that's hedge witchery. And a hedge witch is a person who practices magic or works with the spirit realm. Um, But because they aren't in a group or schooled by anybody, their methods are their own. And so within that realm, you have shamans, you have witches, you have uh, soothsayers, divination workers, and healers that all fit within that school. Nice. Wow. Let me ask you this. I have to ask you this. What what would be a suggestion to someone who's just starting? Uh, Okay. So if you're just starting, the first thing you're definitely going to need is a group of daily practices, just like I said. So my favorite favorite spell, if I'm being honest, my favorite spells to cast are the more woo-woo spells, which are things like I have a smoking spell that you cast with your hand. And so you make this glyph. And when you're done, you blow the smoke through the glyph and it actually filters the air out. So it's not like so harsh blowing out and it pushes air back into your throat, into your lungs. So you kind of get more high. <laughs> um, so those, are like, kinda, those are like mudras, like the hand, the hand. Motion, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, I love to do song magic. That's one of the things I'm really good with. I have uh, songs that I wrote that I've practiced with oh. certain things. I have a song for um, wood. So if you're ever working with wood, there's a song you can sing in, um, I think it's in Arabic. Oh no, this one's in Hebrew. That song is in Hebrew and you can sing it to the wood. And I sing it before I start a fire and it's crazy how the fire will react to you after you sing to it. It works with you, it talks to you. Um, But if you're starting, Mm -hmm. I know I'm giving you a lot of info, but if you're No, I I appreciate it. Thank you, yeah. (laughs) Um, If you're starting, it really does help to define what your belief system is first Uh, because I think what is common, like a lot, I've met a lot of budding people and one of my gifts is awakening others. So I've awakened a lot of practitioners in my, in my journey. And so the one thing that I've noticed that whenever I don't give them this piece of advice, they get disenchanted right away. A lot of young magicians are looking for movie magic. You want to move things with your mind. <laughs> Sabrina. You want to you experience all the things you've seen on TV. As the earlier you accept that that's not 
really gonna be the way you decide or way you want it to, the mm-hmm. more you're gonna have a fun time. Right. No. The spirit realm is full of, emo- you know, seven basic emotions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Think about this a being that is forced of gas or forged of emotion for that matter. Can you imagine what they feel and how they feel and all the various emotions and things they feel? Wow. You, right. There's so much that is available to you to experience, but you can't even wrap your mind around it. So first you have to create a space. You right. have to define who your, what your belief system is, what you believe, what you accept, what you don't accept. Mm-hmm. You create a space for it so that every time you walk into that space, I'm in my temple right now. Okay. This is my sacred space. So I've That's got like guy. all of my wow. items around here. Wow. I've got my gods on the wall, fireplace. And then I've got my altar where I do all my casting. Okay. You know? And so this, when I walk into this space, I feel completely like a witch. I feel completely ready <laughs> to do what I need to do. And that also creates a routine. It creates a system for the gods so that when they come back, we get familiar instead of it being completely random. Just wow. organization is really important at the beginning, at the beginning. Gotcha. Something really funny is uh, when I was there last, I brought Noogie over Oh. and he came into that room and he just immediately just like chilled, just like <laughs> laid, laid right down. And then when it was time to leave, he would not leave that room. Can I tell you, Demi, do you know yeah. why he wouldn't leave this room? Why? Because he took a shit. We scared him. Oh no, he took a shit. <laughs> I was saving this for today. I was saving this for today. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Listen, listen. Let me tell you the story. No, because we were all trying to figure out why wouldn't he walk through that threshold? Like, why wouldn't he walk through that? But when when you guys all left, we came back in and I was like, oh my God, I think the, all of the energy in the space overwhelmed him. And he, we literally scared the shit out of Nogi. Oh <laughs> my God. He scared the shit out of Nogi. I was dying. He very rarely, very rarely shits inside. I think he, he did. So the first time he came over here, but that's the only time he ever did. <laughs> so but, we have something in common. <laughs> so, yeah. You but, don't like black people. Right, that's, <laughs> right? that's what it is. But Nogi's racist. <laughs> but he is a black people. <laughs> you got you made him have a spiritual experience. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Was that what's your? You might it might be the teddy bear thing, but what have you had any? What's your biggest spiritual experience you think you've had? Oh, that Most no, intense. that was just that was just the door opening. I mean, I have big spiritual experiences every day. Thank thank the gods. I mean, I had one at my wedding um i have them when i have sex i have them when i meditate i have them when i smoke weed uh a really cool spiritual moment that demi and i even shared was he came over and we blessed some lotto cards that he had yeah. some old <laughs> oh and listen so we thought that the lotto tickets were going to yield and there was just like oh he won like six bucks here 10 bucks 20 bucks there whatever and we were like okay whatever but then shortly after that a month later he's getting this job and this check comes in the mail and this thing comes and money and money and money and money and money and And so it's just really interesting because i just feel like the moments never stop a lot of the magics that have worked in the past sometimes they come back in the future and i'm just like oh my god i can't believe that manifested every day i'm seeing signs so um i don't know i guess one of the most common things that happens is 
I speak to fire and it reacts. Wow. Um, So a lot of the time I'll be lighting candles or I'll be, you know, in the fireplace and, or I can put my hand completely in the fire and it won't burn at all. If anything, it feels really good. Wow. Um, Yeah. I had, so, um, I, I have had that experience before too, where like I, I have a candle and my windows and no fans going, no nothing, but like this, this candle, I'll just be sitting there like, you know, hanging out and this candle will just start dancing. Yeah. Just like, like, like going from like being completely still to just like fully dancing, fully moving around, fully moving around. We do have a ghost in the house. Um, <laughs> oh, that's when you told me this, the, the closet thing. Yeah. So it, anytime you're in our master bedroom and you're in the bed and you're looking in the closet doors and they're open, it looks like you can just feel it. Something is hunched over and it's looking at you and it's just like. Just breathing at you. And so I. You know, I'm a fan of all things spooky and creepy and weird and misunderstood. So I I brought a candle, I brought some bread and some water to it. Right. And I said, listen, I'm sure that in your life span as this creature, as this being, you have experienced nothing but discrimination. People have probably right. screamed and tried to purify and exercise and this and that. And nobody's ever asked you how you feel or right. this is your place. You've been here longer than I've been here. So... Mm. Why don't we try and be friends, you know, right. and I promise I won't try and banish you if you just try not to scare us. Ever since I did that that night, it does feel like he's still there, but it feels like you got a big dog that's just kind of like watching out for you. Wow. You know? mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Now we got a house ghost. <laughs> I love that. House ghost. House so, ghost. Um, Tell me a little bit more about your music background. So like, I, I know you, you were a singer, you're a songwriter, but you're also a music producer, right? Yes. So I, I am a sing. I am classically trained vocally and in piano. Um, I took up production when I was 13. So I've been wow. recording in Pro Tools and writing my own stuff for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I, I did a lot of the things that everybody else did when they were kids, except I was so driven that it was kind of like, uh, what's the best way to describe it? I I hate using this example, but imagine Paris from Gilmore Girls at Chilton, you know, when she's at the school (laughs) and she's just like, she's just the go-getter girl. That was me with music. You know, I was in every, everything, every production. I was always singing. I was always producing. I was always writing. And um, my college, my high school piano teacher was the one who got me into the Grammy Foundation summer camp in 05 and 06. And from there, I got scouted by Citrus College to go to their music program for commercial music. And while I was there, I released my albums and I did two tours with them. Uh, And then shortly after that, I was doing my own thing and touring and music. So my whole life, I've been very deeply connected to the spiritual side of music, and I've tried mm-hmm. to find ways to make pop music and like, without it being like, "Hey, baby, come suck my dick, let's party all night." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
But what's driven that is I love instruments. I love painting mm. with instruments. I love wow. playing the piano. I love playing the flute. I love making sounds like with, I have things I make shakers out of. Like, I just love oh, sound. Nice. I love sound. Yeah. Um, and so my whole old, my whole take on music back then was just about like, oh, you know, try and make some pop music and get people to come gather, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm really, um, I've taken, especially with magic and everything, I've learned the importance of sound therapy mm -hmm. and the importance mm -hmm. of music, especially during ritual and especially during spellcasting. So I've taken it upon myself to just make some Egyptian R&B crossover music that is just my vibe. So when I'm in my temple, I'm grooving and I also feel like I'm back partying like a 6843 BC, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. And, and you touched on this before, but how exactly did you get started doing what you're doing now? With the music? Uh, well, magic. With, with both, I guess, bringing them together. Um, yeah, well, yeah, to be honest, I actually didn't know what the hell I was gonna do with music. When I decided I wasn't gonna do that anymore, mm -hmm. just because of the trauma I experienced, mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to decide to touch it again mm -hmm. um, because I saw it as an evil thing. That's right. how bad my experience was. Like, I was like, this only brings bad things <laughs> around. Right. Um, but when I made my first Egyptian themed song after a dream I had and the fear, I had never made music that made me cry. And mm. to this day, every single one, I've made five songs in that series so far. Every single one of those songs, if I sit down and just really get lost in it, it will move me to tears because I love Egypt. I would give anything to be a witch in Egypt. Right. I just want to, I want to help. I feel like, you know, before my life's purpose was solely like, oh, I want to make music so that the human race can learn how to love and feel and blah, blah, blah. But after everything I've experienced and, and the way that the world has been, humans are just going to follow the path that they're going to follow. I don't want to change that anymore. Some people are going to mm -hmm. evolve, some people aren't. I don't want to dedicate my life to that. But mm -hmm. there are things in Egypt that we forgot that there are things about Egypt that we didn't forget that black people just don't know because we're taught that it's bad and it's witchcraft and it's evil and it's this yeah. and shit. like it's fucked up, man. The shit yeah. that we don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me calm down. No, <laughs> no, speak on it. <laughs> but it's just it's just so fucked up how much we're taught to hate ourselves. And so mm -hmm. if I'm gonna do anything with my life, if I can't be a musician, if I can't be, you know, it doesn't make sense for any musician anymore to do that to do the artist thing anymore because the last time that it paid off to be an artist was when Michael Jackson was able to be my, a Michael Jackson. Mm, but with yeah. the with the internet and everything that's going on, it's too saturated. So let that dream go. Now, what can we do now to fix what we have lost? If mm. we're not going to be environmentalists, then everybody needs to become a historian and you need to go back to your roots and you need to find out who the fuck you are because wow. there's so much. And especially with Egypt, there's so much about that place that and so many problems that they solved that we to this day cannot solve that they mm -hmm. solve a duh, past tense. Wow. <laughs> and this is like BC. This is old kingdom shit. This is like building pyramids time. Do you know that the pyramids were there when the pharaohs were there? It was already ancient when they were running Egypt. Wow. We have been 
doing this. Egypt has been like, that is the cradle of life. They've been doing this. And yet no one, if you look at the, look at the ruins of a lot of these temples, no one's praying at these temples. You know what I've experienced when I first walked into the spirit realm for the first time, really opened my heart. I felt pure disappointment and straight loneliness. You think that humans are lonely? Imagine being a God. Imagine being a God and spending decades and centuries being worshipped and fed and given life and all this other shit. And then all of a sudden it dries up and you're declared mm. a pagan and you're declared wrong for the people and, and, and dust uh, you know, collects in your temples and people don't come anymore. Can you imagine being that deity who's all powerful and no one to fucking talk to? <laughs> wow. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like when Christianity came and take, took over, they were just like totally just, you know what? You have to assimilate or you're evil. Or die. Yeah. Or oh. die. Yeah. Well, and so the spirit <laughs> realm needs, that's why I feel like with music, that's a long way of saying music is going to help <laughs> me illuminate some light to the spirit realm again. We wow. need to, we need to, as humans, get back to old ways right. if we're to survive. Um, right. So let's go on a little bit of a little side shift here. That's okay. (laughs) I'm digging it. No, I love you, Hissette. Um, so who is your closest friend and how, and, uh, what do you love most about them? My closest friend is, um, well, that's, so I have a close spiritual friend and then I have a close human friend. Mm -hmm. My close human friend is PJ. And he lives in Maryland. And I love what I love most about him is that he's a tinkerer. And he'll just, if he can't solve it today, he'll solve it in an hour. Right. <laughs> right. I, he's that kind of guy. And my closest spiritual friend um, is my Ka. That's a new friend that I recently got in touch with, which is like your spiritual body double. Mm-hmm. But I never knew you could tap in and listen and hear and get intuition and stuff like that. And we talk a lot. So yeah. I love that, you know, she's a warrior uh, and I love that she's a she. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I still haven't quite contacted mine, but w- I, I know a little bit about her so far. And, and yeah, she definitely, I, I think she has a lot more darkness than she's willing to show me right now, but I, <laughs> I definitely, I, she comes out for sure. I actually think she's a little bit kind of like black moon Lilith in, in a way, like, Ah. Bit, like divine female rage type type person <laughs> and type, that would i mean that would make sense that would make sense for you yeah. well you you talk about you having a spiritual friend but do you have a, a spiritual mentor that you would say yes uh well again this isn't really a human and, okay. and, and so i'll put it this way I actually begged and prayed and begged and fasted and, and all the things for a mentor. Mm-hmm. And when I would pull my tarot cards, and everybody knows this story, when I pull the tarot cards, I get the same damn card all the time. It what says is it? Hierophant. Mm-hmm. Hierophant. <laughs> which means teacher. So in my oh. mind, when I first started this journey, I'm like, my teacher is on the way. Mm-hmm. But and lo and behold, what the cards were telling me was to look to the gods. So now I actually get all of my teachings as much as I can through meditation wow. from direct from the source. Because, you know, if I go through books, it's no worse than going through the Bible, which has been altered by man. You got to go to the source. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. 
Um, last question in, in this relationships, but if you had a chance to right a wrong in the past, would you want to? Hmm. Human self says yes, but spiritual self knows that. <laughs> Look, but spiritual self I, I knows that, that yeah, shit no. happens for a reason. So I'm like, I'm happy, really happy with who I am and where I got. Mm. And if mistakes brought me here, then I don't know if I'd want to undo them. I know. So to speak. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I guess, uh, you know what? I wish I spent more time in school doing uh, after school activities instead of so much music. I wish I did more martial arts. I'll put it that way. You are a really good martial artist. And I, I have a little Thank bit you. of questions for you later on about that, but I, and you've showed me a few things myself, but um, yeah, I, I definitely want to touch on that in a, in a minute or two, but yes, I, I did, you did go through, you touched on this before, but you went through an actual name change. So you, you did the legal, you went the legal way to change your name to Hissette. Yes. What was that process like? Um, you, you did it a couple times, didn't you? No, just no. no, okay. No, I just had to do it once. <laughs> um, and it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was. I think actually the process was reduced uh, due to COVID. Right. It probably would have been more court visits if COVID wasn't happening, right. but they made it very simple and it was very easy. If anything, the hard part was more the spiritual aspect of like accepting that, you know, old self is going to die. This is your new name. Who is this person? What does he like? What is his hobbies? What do I wear? You know, yeah, <laughs> really becoming a new person. But as far as the legal process, it was pretty harmless. Um, there is a fee involved that is quite hefty, but you know, I'm broke, so I got a few way up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, I like, because I'm just curious, like, how much was that? It was like $500, like a cool $500. Oh, that's not that. I was thinking oh. like $5,000. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's not No, bad, apparently actually. people change their names a lot. But honestly, yeah. what, while I was researching, I found out that it's most commonly done, unfortunately, for witness protection. And so yeah. they make wow. it really easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It happens a lot more than you guys think. A lot more. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Stalkers are for real, bro. Like there's like, yeah. <laughs> we won't go. We won't go into details about that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't out anybody. Yeah. Um. What was the the hardest part? Uh oh. Oops, the, I gotta... There's a computer glitch right there. <laughs> oh no. What was the hardest part of your life, and uh, how did you overcome it? The hardest part of my life was acknowledging that I wasn't going to be a music star. Mm. Uh, and I, that was a cool, like three years ago, and I overcame it by throwing myself into my spirituality. Nice. There wasn't any other, any, well, you gotta understand, <laughs> music is like a good drug. It's like mm -hmm. a really good, good drug. And you can't stop taking it when you start, even like whether it's making it or performing it, like you just, and it, and it, and it. And so there's very few things in this world that aren't destructive that can replace that. And yeah. that's why musicians plummet the way they do because we need drugs <laughs> when <laughs> right. the music isn't happening anymore. We need something. Yeah, and right. so, 
that's why the only thing that keeps me from going down that path is magic because I needed something that was going to be grander, more of a feeling than music. Wow. Nice. So, yeah. Um, so who, if you met your younger self now, say for instance, there's a time loop or, or whatever you went in, in the mm. DeLorean and, and you met your younger self, uh, mm. what would you say to them? And, and, and would you give them any advice? Ooh, I don't want to ruin the timeline. <laughs> I'm like, oh, see, these are tough questions to ask a witch because I'm over here thinking like cosmic. Okay, <laughs> I got to be clever. I got to give them clues, but I can't tell them everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> I would say something along the lines of you have no, you can't possibly imagine what is going to happen to you. But the things that you've dreamed about, really dreamed about, are actually possible. Wow. Way more than you think. And you have to keep an open mind. I would be really hard on myself because I was a knucklehead. So I would be, <laughs> I'd be like, no, you need to do this. You need to know that this is possible. And you need to know the only way to get there is if you open your mind up. And yeah. I think I would leave it there because that would that would all trail down some fun directions. That was just <laughs> that was like just broad enough to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> now you touched on this earlier. You said what type of fighter are you? What do you what do you what do you do in fighting? So okay, so I actually am trained in MMA combat, traditional wow. MMA hand-to-hand combat, and a little bit of Muay Thai. Wow. Um as far as weapon combat is concerned that has all been from my dreams so i'll have a dream i see it on a scroll where i am like holding a weapon and then they show me the movement in slow motion and i'll do it and then i'll get up in the morning and grab a staff or a knife or something and give it a go um oh. and from there on i'll figure out what the combo is or something um but the type of fighter what i would call it is it's it's, it's a hand-to-hand -hand fight. It's a hand-to-hand -hand style. Um, mm -hmm. I have one hand-to-hand -hand style. I have a, um, a scorpion style where your hands are more pointed like a tail and a mouth. And so wow. you use one as a tail and one as the, the pincer. Yeah, you totally um, showed me this when, when we were doing our, our little... Uh, was training, a, session. It was a training session. It was like a little boxing tutorial that he gave me. But he, he yeah, showed me yeah, like yeah. The, the scorpion style. It was fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> But it was super and then I cool have four stations with the staff. I have an air style, a water style, an earth style, and a fire style. Mm -hmm. And each um, element dictates how the staff moves. So in your air style, you're supposed to do that really fast. A lot of whip is flips in that one. In the water style, it's supposed to be more meditative. Earth style is very sturdy and steady and heavy hitting um, hits. And then your fire style is quick but hard uh, attacks. And so I take my staff out with me, you know, two, three times a week or outside and just practice and drill and practice and drill. And sometimes I take my husband and beat him up. <laughs> Perfect. He's a good sport. That's the best way. This is, this is good domestic violence. <laughs> Mr. and Mr. Smith. Exactly. Um, what is an interesting thing about you that people will be surprised to know? 
Aside from all the other interesting things that we've talked about. <laughs> um, an interesting thing about me that people would be... Duh, duh, duh. I feel like I'm full of a bunch of really, really, really. Uh, <laughs> um, that I love Japanese classical contemporary piano music. Wow. And I can play it extremely well because I don't look like I can stand up to Yokuo Uimato, but I can. <laughs> oh, whoa. Dude, that's surprising to me. I had no idea. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got into that because the music from Final Fantasy VII right. was so good. And somebody gave me a, a sheet, um, sheet music book. And ever since then, if I ever got new sheet music, I would just get whatever Final Fantasy game was out because Nobuo Uematsu, who's the uh, the the writer, um, he's just he's dumb. He has like ten mm-hmm. like uh, ten extra fingers. I don't know. This guy is amazing. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play video games, but I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's, the music uh, is like I super epic and and very yeah. And, and playing it is a intricate. fucking word. I've never sweated by while playing a piece. Like I don't fucking <laughs> right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Just going for it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's awesome. Hands are completely going all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn how to play. Nice. Which which one thing you're working on right now? Um. So, well. Okay, that's interesting. Um, right now, what I'm working on isn't. I am. Okay, let's do this again. Take two. So right, <laughs> right now, what I'm working on musically, I am still continuing my Egypt. You know, my project Egypt, where I'm doing. Um, I have a book that I'm working through, the Temples of Egypt, which is a book of self transformation. And so, for each chapter, I create a song that's supposed to represent the hologram of that chapter. So if I ever want to review it again without reading the chapter, I could just listen to the song. Nice. And so I'm doing that right now. And yeah, I can send you the link to my SoundCloud because I, lo- I upload them there. Um, and they're fun to work out to. They're fun to <laughs> meditate to. They're, they're a lot of fun. I like to use them all the time. One thing that I like to do is is when we're when we have musicians on is I'll actually put a piece of music like through the transition. If you would like to, to you can send me one of them and I can put them on the actual show itself. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, thank um, you. Another thing that I, I, I did want to touch on, you, not only are you working on that, but you are trying to work for Google right now, too. Yeah, so there's two other. So I'm working right now for or I'm finishing up last course, um, finishing up an IT certification program for Google so that I can work for them. Um, And then the other thing that I am working on is right now with the coven, the coven has actually become like my, like everyday project. I want to do something for for us. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> so right now what I'm um actually up to is I want to copy a lot of spells out of my grimoire and photocopy them with Demi's help. Yeah. Um for the Iacons. And I've also been getting really big into, like I said, the hand casts. So I want to start shooting some videos for them so that they can learn a lot of the, we could, we have a Google page that we use to share all of our witch resources. So I just want to upload a lot of stuff for them. Oh, and the other thing that I'm working on is we made a glyph. Um, Jay, I don't know if Debbie told you, but yeah. We have a glyph that we use 
And I don't know if you can see it here, but this is the four iterations of that glyph. And that glyph has all four of our, or all five of our initials in it. So how you draw it is you draw everybody's initial and that's how you summon the power. That's wow. Really cool, actually, I, I think we'll post a picture on our Instagram so you guys can see what that looks like. Um, yeah. So, and so and then, my projects. Right. Nice. We have one final question before we go into our Patreon, only 20 questions with you. And we'd like to ask this to all of our guests, but what have you manifested lately? Magic. Ooh, <laughs> yes. I love that. I think, yeah, I have, I think with the joining ceremony with the Ayakins, one of my biggest wants and desires, something I've wanted for years was just an environment where I could feel magical and people, a consensus reality of people around me who helped me believe that. Mm -hmm. And I think now that you asked that question, I'm looking around and I'm like, there's magic everywhere up in this bitch. (laughs) There is actually, I, I know you guys can actually see, our listeners can actually see in your, your apartment, but I love your apartment. It's actually super, it feels ancient. Like it, it I know it's like, where is it at? In like Artesia or something like that, but. Alhambra. It, uh, yeah, Alhambra. And it, and it looks like it's from like a different century, like just all the rocks on the walls and, and all that stuff. It's super cool. Um, but I anyways, I would ask. How can our listeners follow you? But you don't have any social media. <laughs> you... <laughs> and that is that is by choice because yes, exactly. I used to have an Instagram, a music Instagram, and you know, yes. So that had to go. <laughs> right. But they can but, follow uh, you on SoundCloud, right? You can follow me on SoundCloud. Um, I am on YouTube. If you just type in Hissette, I have a couple of, actually, I have a couple of uh, old videos of me performing with my band on my YouTube page. So if you find them, you can watch them. Um, You can send me the, you can send me those links and I'll put them on our show notes as well. Yes, sir. I'll send it. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Stick around. We're going to listen to, we're going to play 20 questions, just a, a quick round for our Patreon listeners. Okay.
Star Seeds, and thank you, Hissette, for joining us. Thank you. Um, before we finish up today, uh, we have a quote. We do have a quote, and I like this one. Before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, first make sure that you are not, in fact, just surrounded by assholes. I want to say that one more time. <laughs> Before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, make sure that you are not, in fact, just surrounded by assholes. That is by Sir Sigmund Freud. <laughs> Sir? I don't know why I said that. Was he knighted? <laughs> I don't know if he was, but I like the way that sounded. Um, Well, we like to finish off every episode with a gratitude list. Um, We do. So today we're going to – I have three things. Three – number one, I am grateful for this new year. It is a fresh start. It is a brand new uh, time to get things done, to really Mm -hmm. refocus. I am grateful for um, the lessons of last year. Oh, you took one of my (laughs) – um last year was turbulent difficult but it was also magical and beautiful all at the same time Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm done with chaos energy i am done with it i want to bring in stability this year i want to bring in um you know foundations for success i don't want to get into that anymore it's it's done it's outlived its purpose We're, we're finished finally I don't know why I'm so dramatic right now. <laughs> you are. I thought you were just going to say finito. I am grateful for um, friends and family. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm coming into this year with, with a newfound ambition, and I'm grateful to have great people around me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, what am I grateful for? I'm going to still say it. I'm going to say it like this. And I, I actually had another gratitude list uh, this morning that I did with uh, some other people. And I said that I was grateful for 2020. Uh, and I'm grateful for 2020, not just because it was a crazy year, but, it, you know, again, it taught us lessons. I'm grateful because even with the crazy stuff, uh, you and another guest that I've had on here just literally became my family in 2020. Yeah. That I realized that, like, oh, my God, I don't know who would show up for me with this. And it's like I have two people who I know, like, come hell or high water, show up for me, and I show up for. And that is a beautiful thing in my life. Uh, you always have to try to have at least one of those in your life, but now you have two. I do. I do. <laughs> I am want to say, and I, I might have to make four, because I'm grateful for you and for this show and to be back. You know, we took yeah. a little time off. And I'm grateful for being able to do this because some of the chaos energy in my life and in my week, I have to let go. I remember as I was preparing for certain things for this show, I had to clear my mind and actually focus on this. And it's so awesome. And of course, I talked about this, that you like gave me all this stuff for Christmas and I felt so loved. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So thank you for for that. Of course. It was my pleasure. I'm grateful also that I've healed up. I, I don't know if we've done a show since my surgery, but I had hernia surgery. I think we on, did the, the last one, was uh, one just after. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, but we had that, and one of my biggest fears for having that surgery was how many weeks I was going to be out. I wasn't going to be able to do jogging, I thought, for like two months or something like that. And I thought, and you know, we're two and a half weeks after that. I jogged six miles this morning, and I'm able to, I'm not fully 100% back, but I feel like I feel back, yeah. and I really love it, so I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. Totally. Yeah. Well, 
if you uh, you can always follow us on social media. Um, the show on Instagram is a cosmic journey pod. On Twitter is a cosmic journey pod because mm-hmm. for whatever reason Twitter doesn't allow e e y uh, two more characters. Right. Um, I'm Dimitri Wild on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Jay Maceo on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so uh, follow us on Patreon again. We've reformatted the show a little bit, so uh, Jay's Cosmic Insights and My Astrology Corner is now Patreon-only content. So if you liked those sections in the beginning, uh, sorry, you got to pay for it now. But even even if it's, <laughs> the Patreon is so small, and even if it's a dollar, if it's like whatever. It's pick your own pricing. So yeah. whatever, whatever you feel comfortable giving, I know times are a little bit difficult for people uh, all over the place. But if you find joy, if you find, if this show benefits you in whatever way and you would like to contribute in some small way, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, and we'll, get, we'll give you a shout out too. Like and if comments or anything or Patreon. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if you also, you don't always have to do that, how have to have finances to contribute. A really great way to contribute is just to rate us on, on, uh, Apple podcasts. Yes. The best way to do it is to rate and comment. That would be amazing. We'll read the comment on live on, on an episode too. However, the way the algorithm works is if the more ratings you have, the more five star ratings, the better visible we are. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, it takes all but 30 seconds please do that for us and we'd really appreciate that we want to be seen and heard and share with your friends as well yes you have friends out there if you're listening you have friends would benefit from this show yeah and who would really find it uh, joyful so uh yeah send a link to someone make us viral yeah (laughs) that's right so don't forget to subscribe as well to get updated on all episodes and we have a couple special thanks for you today um, for our Patreon subscribers, I would like to send a big thank you to our subscribers, uh, Tish and my mom. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. We 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 love and appreciate you, and uh, keep supporting, and we will keep putting out great content. Absolutely, and uh, thanks for listening, you guys. And as always, Godspeed, Godspeed Star Seeds. Seeds.